another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Aaron Wiseman, and I am bringing you another colleague interview with Dr. Paula Muto. She's a vascular and general surgeon, and she labels herself as a disruptive physician, but in a good way. She talks about how she's helping disrupt healthcare and actually restore the doctor-patient relationship through her company, UberDoc. I would love to share this conversation with you. It's spicy. It's sassy. It'll get your attention. It's short, which is always a good thing. So sit back, enjoy, and here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Paula Muto. I love that you're here. For our audience, we had to do a take two, so you're getting the new and improved version. But Dr. Huh. Muto, tell us all about your fabulous self. So I'm new and improved now. Uh, so um, from the last time we talked, now I'm um, so I'm a surgeon. I do general and vascular surgery. Um, I'm from a whole family of surgeons. My dad was a wonderful surgeon. My brother, uh, my my, I'm married to a surgeon. All in Massachusetts for a collective century. Um, and essentially, um, you know, I decided that I really love what I do, but I do not like the system. And so a few years ago, I thought, you know, with my children out of the house, this was my empty nest. I decided to create a company, and I am now the founder and CEO of a rapidly expanding disruptive healthcare platform. Whoop, whoop. I love it. And so your word today is disrupting. So give us a deep dive into your word, why you picked it, and how you're disrupting right now. So, so I'm going to start with the word disruptive physician because God only knows we've all heard that. And, um, and it's been interesting because along my journey has always been um, very close with so many of the women that I've trained with and that I work with and, and starting to hear the stories. Everyone is telling the same story over and over again. Um, so, you know, and so, so I think women in general, especially in, in medical profession, we're used to being kind of called the disruptive physician for whatever reason. Um, and, um, and so that was part of the challenge. But honestly, it's funny when I started UberDoc, UberDoc is in fact disrupting the current status quo, which is a really terrible status quo. So honestly, restorative is a better word for us um, because we're trying to just bring back the doctor-patient relationship. But, but, uh, you know, but disruptor used to be something you didn't want to be labeled. Now I'm, I wear it proudly. And, I, and like I say, I try to get the women that I've connected with, especially in my American College of Surgeons, um, groups that have developed uh, with a Me Too, Time's Up movement that have kind of grown up in, in kind of parallel with, with growing UberDoc, I realized that um, it's, we should wear it proudly. We should talk about it. We shouldn't be, you know, ashamed. And we should start to say, why are we, you know, why are we in the situation that we're always fighting? Absolutely. Because yeah, it, it's time to, instead of just to be it's time. <laughs> fighting, to be changing the system so we don't have to keep fighting. Well, you know, we have to be super women. I mean, this is the thing. Why do we have to be always the best at everything? I always say, let's fight for mediocrity. Honestly, parity exists when the mediocre woman is treated the same and paid the same as a mediocre man. But in Ooh, our yeah. business, that's yes. the case, right? Amen. 
right? So I say, let's just vote for mediocrity. I mean, honestly, that's what we're fighting for. But unfortunately, in my generation, I mean, older than you, um, you know, we didn't recognize it in our 30s and our 40s. We're always used to being the best, the best, the best. You know, we wore a badge of honor. We have our children and we go back onto work within a month after delivery. It's like, really? I mean, it's like that soccer player that had her, you know, was breastfeeding on the sidelines with back to win the game. It's like, that's great. But is it great? Do we really need to be that, you know, that exceptional all the time? You know, it's, it's exhausting. And I think it's a lot of the burnout that, that women feel is because we are like multitasking all the time. Um, so I say that, that we need to change this system. We need to begin to realize that it's, you know, we have to change the narrative completely and not necessarily count success on other people's terms. We take it on ours. I love that. So what would your be your suggestions be for ch- making changes? So it's really, I think the first thing we do is that we have to admit it. So, um, so I was, I attended a recent meeting at the American College of Surgeons local chapter, Massachusetts chapter, and our president, Sarah Prangy, did this fantastic, um, uh, you know, discussion about parity in surgery specifically, but other specialties as well. And it was just like, wow, just pull the curtain on the wizard and see it, right? Be transparent about we're 80%. Because I think it's hard to say, oh, I'm not 80%, you're 80%, but not me. Because it's, it's, it's an admission that we're weak or we failed in some way. So I'm like, hey, we failed. <laughs> like, I'm happy to say we failed, right? Because it doesn't, you don't take it personally. You're like, you failed because we haven't, we haven't fixed this system. And I think if we admit it, and we get uh, people have the kind of strength and the um, and the the fearlessness to admit it, then that will change. I think what happens is most commonly is people don't have the effort or they feel powerless in the system to try to change it. Tell me a little bit more what you mean by parity. So if you look across of most of professions, right, and most careers, women make 80% of a man's salary. So, of course, I said, oh, tisk tisk, that can't possibly be true. I'm a surgeon. I'm self-employed. That's not possible. Guess what? It's possible. Not only possible, it's true. I think the only profession that has true parity is, in fact, um, radiology, because radiology is gender neutral, right? You don't really know who's reading your x-ray. Um, and uh, when you look across the board, it's daunting. It even goes so far as coding. You know, breast biopsies are like paid less than prostate biopsies, even though they're essentially the same. Uh, so it goes all the way up the chain of command. Um, and when you look at some of this data, you know, the average female general surgeon makes $87,000 less annually than a man. I mean, that's, your, you know, that's a college tuition. Um, and, and you're thinking like, why is that, how could that possibly be? Um, and a lot of times it's, um, you know, of course, blame the women. Well, we're not asking for enough. It's like, well, how do you know when you're a newly graduated resident, what to ask for? I would say the men don't know either. They're just getting a little help maybe and what to ask for. I don't know. I just think there's a lot of work to be done. And, and luckily people are really focusing on this now. Yeah. Tell me more about what you guys are doing in your College of Surgery. I'm interested about this meeting. 
so, so the ACS is interesting because I've been back to it with UberDoc. Um, you know, I usually used to go to my, uh, I didn't go very often, I used to go to my um, vascular meetings, you know, because they're just more specialized. So with UberDoc, we started traveling. Um, we've been going, going to the ACS now for four years and we're very well received. And it's kind of my tribe, it's my home, right? The general surgeons um, and, um, and, and there are vascular surgeons there too. But, um, but it's like, it's interesting because um, in this, in, in I connected with some people along the way uh, with the conversations about UberDoc and talking to people and their frustration. I started connecting with a lot of women uh, who want to share their story. So we had like these chat rooms, you know, I'm sure you have chat rooms, you know, in the ACS, but they're a little difficult sometimes because people don't want to share their story because of for fear that they're going to have repercussions. So we migrated to a platform on originally GroupMe and then Slack and uh, where women could share their stories and uh, you know whether it's sexual harassment or bullying or professional bullying but most of this really was professional bullying i mean there was some sexual harassment there too but most of it was was with professional bullying um and um and unfairness interestingly enough it migrated back onto the american college of surgeons place so people felt empowered to share their stories and then we worked with a woman named uh, dr pringle miller uh, who basically collected all these stories and created a narrative and worked with a medical student to kind of, uh, and it's going to be published, and she actually published into a book. Um, so uh, just really getting down to the root cause, um, and it has a lot to do with wellness, and it has a lot to do with how we perceive ourselves, um, and just getting people to talk about it in a safe space, but then ultimately feeling that every space should be safe for us to discuss it. Amen. Amen. I love all of that. And I'm so glad to see that you guys are doing that in the, the surgery world and it's, it's creeping up in more and more places. And I'm kind of hoping that they'll start like intermerging and like, like you said, because you first have to have that safe space to unpack right. it. And then after you are like, oh, I'm not alone, me too, then you become empowered to become more public with it. And I think that's super important. So you mentioned that the first change that you really see is admitting it, just admitting it, right. it. But women admitting it. We don't care about men because men won't admit, right? My husband, God love him, is a fantastic and patient, wonderful person. But I, I argue with him. He was chief, it's like a chief of surgery. We're sitting there. I'm getting the phone call. Oh, you're, you're just not being nice to nurses. I'm like, you heard me. It's like, how could you not hear me? It's just that they, they do things differently for you than they do for me. You know, the expectation is different. And even I've had nurses who say, yes, Dr. Gordon, we're very, we treat your wife differently. We treat most doctors, female doctors differently. That's true. And even that he's like, no, that's not true. We all get treated the same. So it, it's, it's hard enough to get men to like hear it and understand it, but we really need to have the women see it, right? The women have to admit it um, and not, not perceive it as a weakness in themselves. Mm. You know, and not use it as an excuse, right? We don't want to use it as an excuse because nobody wants to ever. But I think that, you know, we, we, that's why I say we have to re, re, um, kind of create a new narrative on this, you know, in our own terms. Absolutely. And have that transparency so that it's all oh, yeah. peeled back and it's like it is what it is. It now is we can is. move forward. A quote I love is you cannot fix what you will not face. And yes. I think it's along those same exact lines. All right, so now fill us in about UberDoc because I think all of us are sitting here like, oh my God, what has she created? 
Well, I don't know. That's a good idea. It's a good question. So, um, so I was reading the New York Times many years ago, and it was about a poor woman who twists her ankle in New York City. And of course, she goes dutifully to her emergency room, and then to her primary, who sends her to an orthopedic in Stamford, Connecticut, where she can't get. She has no transportation. She has a sprained ankle. So she Googles orthopedic surgeons in a two-block radius. New York finds like 20 of them, goes to see one of them, pays cash. It was easy. Great. She said, why can't it be this way? It's like, why can't it be this way? Why can't we literally make it as convenient and easy to walk into a specialty office as it is to do anything else in the world right now? So we started UberDoc as a specialty only. Um, it rapidly grew to all specialties, including family practice, primary care, uh, behavioral health. Uh, we are physicians on the platform. Uh, we, uh, essentially, it's a, 50, it's a $300 price point. Uh, it's set below commercial insurance to be, uh, to be affordable, but above Medicare to be legal. So no one has to give up their Medicare compliance and so forth. Um, we believe this price point's fair, uh, it's value, and uh, we pressure tested it and the patients uh, love it because they know they're seeing a real doctor um, in this process. Um, we uh, found that uh, we, you know, again, we launched originally with six core specialties. Now we have everybody, we're in over 40 states, mostly uh, Massachusetts and Florida are kind of our big areas but we invite all doctors to join because we do not charge the doctors to be on the platform. We believe that this should be a disruptive um, entity. We believe doctors should be available on the internet for their patients, internet directory, I should say. Um, there should be there, doctors that are nearby and available with capacity should be taking care of patients that are nearby and available who need their skills and these patients are now being turned away and sent to walk-ins and all these other places when there's capacity in specialist office and i should even say in, in, an, in, in a primary care's office you know they're sending them across the street to a walk-in where you know if that patient knew that they could come in and not have to pay a monthly fee or annual fee it's kind of an a la carte concierge model for primary cares where they can keep their feet both in the medicare world and also the direct pay world the direct pay world is huge, it's exploding, transparency is now a law. Uh, the doctors can really have an opportunity to take this back and be kind of the old fashioned doctors we're meant to be. And we just partnered with this amazing uh, telemedicine uh, company, uh, the person who actually provides the technology for the space station. Um, because they came to us and said we were beautiful. Either I was beautiful or they were beautiful. The company was beautiful. I think it was I was beautiful. Uh, because we're bringing, um, he wants to bring telemedicine to the end user to give it to brick and mortar doctors to utilize for their patients in a real way. So in other words, it's connecting, uh, giving doctors the tool, like a piece of equipment to, to connect with their own patients using technology rather than a virtual doctor that you may not ever see you know, in person. So it kind of flips the whole equation on telemedicine. And we like to say our Uber docs are like super doctors. We give them superpowers, right? We not only are they accessible, they're, uh, you know, constantly, they're available, they're uh, a transparent price, but they also have the capability of every technology that's out there. So our Uber docs are well, well armed and provided for in the future of healthcare. Um, and I think we need to do this. I think we need to get our doctors, you know, feeling good about themselves, armed and ready to take care of the patients that need them outside of a system that has entirely failed everyone. So you're talking primarily to female physicians here. So walk us through the process from the physician side, you know, how we sign up, how we show our hours, how we get patients in. 
So it's really very simple. We built it at the level of a fourth grader for the patient and the doctor. We made it really, really simple. Um, it's, we call it anti-epic. Um, you just you go to joinuberdoc.com um, and you just follow the instructions um, and then someone will, get, will help you through the process. It's a really simple sign up. It's very elegant. Everybody really has office hours on the same day a week. We're very creatures of habit, right? Every Tuesday morning I see patients in my office. Every you know, Wednesday I'm operating. It's kind of, that doesn't change. So I take a, a slot, usually the first of the morning, like 8.15, and I post it like a, like a house seat at a Broadway show. And it appears in perpetuity on the site, 52 days a year. And then, and, and, you know, every week after that, you can post up to three appointment slots. Um, and then it either sells or it doesn't sell. So um, it doesn't disrupt workflow. Um, it's just there and available. But the nice part about it is uh, every doctor gets their own landing page. Uh, so if a patient finds them, uh, it's like, you know, like an open table. Oh, look, there's an Italian restaurant three miles from me. You can still make a phone call and make a traditional appointment. If the patient uses the, goes through the web application, there's a $50 uh, fee for the patient uh, when they make the appointment. And then if they don't show up or don't cancel, they forfeit that fee. And uh, once they show up, there's another $250 charge, um, and it's directly paid to the doctor. We are merely the transactor. We take uh, $25 per transaction, so the payment really goes from patient to doctor. So we've essentially created a front end, like a virtual front end. You know, there are some clever young doctors out there who are running their offices out of their phones. Um, and this is kind of an interesting concept because, you know, you don't have to wait for your secretary not to answer the phone, <laughs> right? And get off it. And in fairness, they're on, on the phone with insurance companies getting pre-approvals, but still access points are our own issue. It's not necessarily access on the outside. It's really at our front end. So we're trying to get around the front end. Patients can get direct access. Doctors can answer the patient immediately on their telephone with a emoji thumbs up. You don't even have to type anything in. We made it really simple. Um, if for Medicare patients, it's only $50, and then you would bill Medicare as you would normally. So you can navigate care for an elderly parent. Um, and uh, so we've really let, um, we've, we've created a model that we know is very compatible to, to doctor's workflow and doesn't disrupt their current office um, uh, pattern. Do you have any doctors that are like primarily using UberDoc for their scheduling or is it mostly just so for like the, open slots? It's, it's so our doctors, we actually, this kind of sounds strange, but we don't want our doctors to use only UberDoc because that would mean they'd be emptying their waiting room of their Medicare and Medicaid patients, right? I mean, UberDoc is disruptive, but at the same time, it's not meant to push aside a patient that, that need, they need to take care of. So our site is three appointment slots and then the next doctor comes available. The, they're, they're on the website, the, the doctor is available in perpetuity. Um, so, but, so we really don't expect that we don't, we kind of created the system in a way so that you know, the doctors that are closest to appear first and that are most available appear set, you know, after that. So it's proximity, availability. There's no ratings. Everybody's, everyone is vetted, actually. You have to be credentialed by us to be on the site. Um, so everyone's a five-star hotel. No, none of that, you know, you can't buy ratings. Um, so it's a good question that you asked that. But, um, but honestly, there are doctors that have multiple off lo office locations, so they can appear in multiple places on the site. And you can check off as many specialties as you do. If you do, say, internal medicine and GI, or you do general surgery and breast surgery, you can check off those boxes, so appear in multiple directories. Um, but, but it's funny you asked that, because no, our, our purpose was to really just open up that, some of those availabilities and just 
you know, see where the marketplace takes us. In, in a year or two, if all the patients want to use UberDoc, then yes, then wouldn't that be great? Um, but, um, and I should say it's for the first visit. Everything subsequently can be through insurance. So if a patient needs a knee injection or needs a hernia repair or needs a blood test, they can use their insurance. This is just to get the patient and doctor together. I was going to be my next question. <laughs> is, you know, once they establish then with you, you know, what's the process of that? So that makes total sense. So it's all about getting yeah. that initial access in. Absolutely. And when you have a patient that's paid cash to see you, you're going to treat them differently. We all do. We don't have to follow those regulations that tells us, well, insurance makes me do the ultrasound or do this test or what, you know, you don't have to worry about that. This is a freedom, right? You get to just take care of the patient without worrying about what the insurance requirements are. I mean, it's, so I kind of feel like it's a, we're freeing doctors from captivity <laughs> in some Absolutely. Way. And letting us be a little rowdy, which we all have a little spark of that in us. So, well, Thank you so much for coming. Share again the website that people can visit and I'll make sure to put it in the show notes. Okay, so if you if they go to just joinuberdoc.com, the doctors will see introduced to the website. uber-docs.com is our main website. joinuberdoc.com is just the doctor page and they can go there and kind of look. We have a lot of stuff on the website. Um, there's a lot of doctors there. Um, we hope to have more. Uh, women are early adopters for this um, Hell yes, we are. Hell yes, because we, we completely get the workflow. That's the whole thing. You understand how a patient navigates the system. And, um, and I think that's really important um, because we do care about all those little steps along the way. Um, and, um, but, uh, but like I said, it's a, it's a brave new world out there. We don't know what's coming down the, the pipe, I think, but we do know we know how to take care of patients and we need to be able to do that. Um, despite everything that's being, all the obstacles thrown in our way right now. Well, I am just so elated to have you on the podcast. I'm so excited to spread this out to all of our colleagues. And I just hope that we can blow this up for you. And everybody who listens to this and goes to that website, you need to send me an email if you get on it, because I'm excited to see how many people we can get signed up and using this. And they think they can come back on the podcast and tell us all about their experience. So thank you, Dr. Muto. Thank you. Thank you. All right. This is going to be a short and sassy kick of encouragement. My question today is, where can you disrupt the system? Where do you see a problem and you see the subsequent solution? Now, it doesn't have to be perfectly lined out. It doesn't have to have all the intricate details figured out. But where do you see something that you really feel like you could potentially fix? Could be in your professional life, like Dr. Paula Muto. Maybe it's something on your personal life. Maybe it's something in the political realm or social realm. Where is it that you see something and you see a potential solution to fixing it? I want to encourage you right now, today, write it down and then start making tiny, tiny steps towards doing that. Maybe it's talking to somebody. Maybe it's setting up something. Maybe it's just starting. But I want you to know you are placed in a position to be a change maker. Like she mentioned in our conversation, 
we really aren't just disruptives, we are restoratives. We can see beyond the problem, beyond the wall, over it, to where there's a better place on the other side. And I just want to encourage you today that you have something that I know that you can fix. So please do it because it will make this world a much better place. Again, remember my goal of 2020 is to meet and interact with all the listeners of Dr. Me First. I've had so many good reach out so far, but I would encourage you, I know the numbers of who downloads this and I am not getting all the responses back. So I am encouraging you, come hang out with me on Instagram, send me a DM, send me an email to touch base or better yet, schedule a phone call with me. It's in the show notes. It's really easy. It's a bit.ly link. It's bit.ly uh, backslash talk with Aaron. And I would love, love, love to get to know you more. And always remember your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Heavy lids, one, two.